Awesome. How many of you are enjoying this series, Meet the Neighbors? So I haven't had a chance to watch the message from last week yet, but I heard that Pastor Kyle just crushed it and did an amazing job. Let's say thank you. I, I heard the hair flips were at a minimum. That's what I heard. It was, it's awesome. Love Kyle. Love Kayla. She's really helped him and improved him, I think. It's been, it's been awesome. Man, we have an incredible privilege and honor today to hear from Pastor Matt Moult. And Pastor Matt Moult, it comes from the Tri-Cities in Washington, and he, his wife Lisa and his daughter Abby are also here with us. And uh, she's too good for him, but he knows it, and so he's working stuff out. Um, we've, we've had the opportunity to interact with these guys a few times in some pastors' gatherings and different things, and um, really enjoyed yesterday getting to spend a day together, just getting to know each other and, and, and become simpatico, I think. And uh, I, like, I wanted to fit the word simpatico in, and I've accomplished my goal for the day. Um, but uh, in our interactions with them, even just kind of observing them as they speak and interact with, with other people, we just always saw their humility, authenticity, um, just r- real people that are not kind of putting on an act or a show. Um, and what we most really see about these guys is, is a heart for people to experience Christ in a relevant way, in a real way, not a religious way, not a weird way. Um, their church up in uh, Tri-Cities, I haven't had the opportunity to go, but I've watched online different things, and, and what I understand about them, what I've seen, is just amazing. And Pastor Matt just brought an incredible word uh, in the first service, and you guys are in for a major, major treat. So let's welcome him today, and uh, come on up, Pastor Matt. There you go. Well, I was trying to hand you this mic, but you don't, you don't need it. Hey, come on. It's good to be in church in a movie theater. This is a great thing. Uh, my wife and I... St- moved from the Portland, Vancouver area to uh, Tri-Cities, Washington, nine years ago with our family and started our church, New Vintage Church, and we did it in a movie theater. So this is really cool and uh, fun to see. And uh, I, I go to the movies. How many of you go to the movies a lot? You like the movies? How many got tricked? You're like, this is not a movie. <laughs> like you walked in, you're just stay. It'll be fine. But like I smell popcorn and I, I immediately feel God's presence now. Do you know what I mean? Like, even at home, I'm just like, thank you, God, for popcorn. So uh, being, doing church in a movie theater is wonderful. I am an Oregon Ducks football fan. Go Ducks. Come on, somebody, right? Yeah, that's right. I see those O's out there. Got to take my picture by the bronze duck yesterday. That was a lot of fun. Uh, been a Duck fan since 93 when a coworker who played for the Ducks would listen to the games every Saturday at work on the radio. And so I became a fan and adopted them as my football team because I went to a Bible college. We didn't have a football team. So the Ducks are my team. It's awesome. Man, I love your guys' meet the neighbors uh, theme because all of us have neighbors. Uh, How many of you live in an apartment? Your neighbors are closer than you want them to be. Come on, that's just true. And uh, we had a neighbor lady... We lived on a cul-de-sac for a while when our kids were growing up, and the kids would play baseball with a wiffle ball, and uh, they and you know they would love it. They would play it all the time. As they got older, they were able to hit the ball all the way across from our driveway to the across the street neighbor's house. And they made a rule that if you hit the neighbor's house, it's an automatic home run. That's a good rule if you're a kid. So they did that, and uh, the neighbor neighbor lady who uh, did not like that, she was very vocal. And so one day, all the kids come running in the house, and they're like, "Mom!" They're like. You gotta help us. And so Lisa was upstairs. She comes down. The lady's walking across the street saying some very PG-13 words, going, I'm gonna take those kids. I'm gonna whoop, you know, some things and apparently open up some cans of different things. I don't know. And, and she was saying all that. And Lisa's like, oh, no, you're not. But the door was still locked and she was behind it. But 
she was like, you need to go back in your house, but we all have uh, crazy neighbors. But uh, honestly, the thing about neighbors is it's really not about who you even live next door to. It's like, who do you do life with? Who do you encounter at school or at your job? Those are your neighbors. As far as the Bible and Jesus is concerned, he said, man, the people that you come around, you got to treat them like good neighbors. And I'm going to talk to you today about a topic that God's actually helped me with, and that's praying for the neighbors, okay? Praying for the neighbors. I don't know about your spiritual life. I can tell you a little bit about my spiritual life. I love to read the Bible. It's very interesting to me. And I've done it uh, almost every single day of my life since I was about 11 years old because it just kind of captured my imagination. I really am fascinated with who Jesus is. Like, I love Jesus. He's amazing. And I never get tired of reading the stories about what he said and what he did. And so that's been great. But for me, uh, praying was not always an easy thing. And uh, maybe you're really good at praying uh, in your life. Maybe you've never prayed much. Some people I know have never prayed out loud. And I was never really great at praying. I actually became better at praying when we started a church because like, oh God, help me, you know? And uh, so there was that. But I feel like God has actually helped me in learning how to pray. And I'd like to just share a little bit of, of how uh, that happened in my life because it could help you in your life, I believe, too. I, um, I, I realized that uh, prayer is not always a really easy thing. When, when I grew up as a kid, I, we, my parents went to a church, and so us kids went, and we had, I remember two things from being a little kid in church. One is that they had communion every Sunday at this particular church, and they used real bread. It was sourdough that they cut into little square chunks, and uh, me and a little buddy, we were like six or seven years old. After church, my parents would stay and talk for a long time. We would explore this building that we were in, and we found the room where they stored the extra communion. And it was awesome because it was a feast because I am unfulfilled until I'm filled with communion or whatever that song said. Uh, but so we would eat the sourdough and it was like, we didn't tell the other kids, it was our little stash and it was awesome. The other thing I remember being a kid in church was hearing the Lord's Prayer. And they, in Sunday school classes, they taught us to memorize it. And so for me to memorize the Lord's Prayer, uh, I, I could do it really fast. And so if you don't know what it is, I'm gonna say it and maybe you go, I've seen this on a movie or maybe you've heard it, but it's uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, the kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others. Sins against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Touchdown. Okay, so to, to memorize it as a kid, I had to do it fast. Thank you. Uh, yes, I am special. And so to memorize it fast helped me just to keep it in my head. But here's the problem with a lot of religious things. When we, sometimes we can memorize stuff uh, and it gets in our head, but it, it lost its meaning. So I'd rather have like the prayer of Jesus have meaning than be memorized. You know what I'm saying? And so that prayer, although I had it memorized, didn't really mean anything. But last October, I was kind of in a spot in my life where I was just like, God, I just need you to kind of freshen up the inside of me. And uh, I began to pray the Lord's Prayer again on a daily basis. And I've done it every day since. I think I've missed two different days since last October till now. And it's really become like a track for me to run on in my daily prayer life. And it's been wonderful. And I have uh, learned a few things about it. And I want to share those with you. I want you to think about this. Like the questions for me were always, does prayer work? <laughs> and if prayer does work, what do we say? And what should we ask for? And how should that look in our lives? And 
I think it's awesome that the disciples of Jesus, like the guys who followed Jesus around and made that their life, they did not know how to pray either. And that gives me a lot of comfort because I feel like that sometimes. And they actually asked Jesus, they said, Jesus, will you teach us how to pray because we don't know how to pray? And so Jesus goes, yep, pray like this. And then he did the Lord's prayer and that really began to lead them on a path of prayer. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna share that, some of that, like I said, with you today. One of the things I learned as I started praying the Lord's prayer is that the orientation of the Lord's prayer is not about me. It's really a prayer about God. And here's what I mean by that. If you were like me and, and maybe prayer isn't maybe your, your strong suit, prayers for me were like, God, help me with this test. Help me get a raise. Help me find a good parking spot. Help my husband or help my wife, help my kids. And it's all kind of self-centered. Like, I want you to do this for me. Are y'all with me on that? That's how most of our prayers are. The Lord's prayer is very different. It's all about God. It's very upward focused. There's hardly anything really in the Lord's prayer that's really about us. It's about him. Our father in heaven, your name is holy. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Everything's in the Lord's prayer is upward. And it's about us kind of surrendering and not making prayer about us, but making it about the Father. And that for me was really uh, an amazing thing. One other thing, and we're gonna dive into some of the meaning. Um, how many of you are music fans in here? You love music. We were talking about music last night, and I had, um, when I was a in the kid growing up in the 80s, I had cassette tapes. Come on, somebody, I would make mixtapes. Some of you were like, oh yeah, I saw that on Guardians of the Galaxy. I did it for real. Anyway, uh, a lot of music and then uh, Pastor Jacob was telling me, he goes, yeah, I don't really like this one band. They're kind of schmaltzy. And I was like, schmaltzy? I said, it's like schmelzer and maltz. It's schmaltzy. So that's our own little word. We're schmaltzy together. But here's the thing about music I want to tell you is that um, in the 1950s to the 1990s, early 2000s, collaborations were not as popular in uh, number one songs for the year. But over the last 10 to 15 years, uh, collabs or is how I say it, but it's collabs. Collabs have become really popular in music. If you go to iTunes right now and you go to their top list, number one, they all have the symbol E next to it, which means it's excellent. And then it also, you'll see a lot of them are co uh, collaborations. Like my favorite collaboration of the last couple of years is the one that goes, Despacito. And it, you know this song? You know, don't eat the Doritos if you're on keto. Do you know that song? It's a really good song. Anyway, all right. I think that the Lord's Prayer is a collaboration effort for us to partner with what God is doing in the earth. So uh, that's what I think is great. And here's a great quote, and we'll look at the, at the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is not a prayer to God uh, to do something that we want done. The Lord's Prayer is more nearly God's prayer to us to help him do what he wants done. The Lord's prayer is not intercession, it's enlistment. Listen, I think you're gonna grow up in, in your prayer, personal prayer life. When you step out of making every prayer about me and you step into God, what do you want today? Okay, so look at the Lord's prayer with me. This is the way that I learned it as a kid. I'm gonna read it out loud. You can just watch it on the screen there. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed, be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And can we all just say amen to God's word? Amen. I, I love that. We're going to focus in on the two lines today of, of the Lord's Prayer where God really showed me some things that I'm excited to share with you. One is your kingdom come. The other one is your will be done. Now, I, I want to explain what the Bible means when it says a kingdom. The kingdom is a place where rule and the reign and the ways of a king are in effect. So the kingdom of God would mean anywhere where Jesus is in charge. Now, I came driving in with my family to Eugene, Oregon, and we started seeing the green O's and the gray O's on every window, every bumper sticker, they're everywhere. And it's like, you knew this is duck country, right? And it would just be weird, like if I got up here today and I just like kind of pulled open my old Navy jacket, you know, and it was like a big orange beaver, you know, it would just be like, I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong place out here. And I'd get uh, walked out of here because certain places, you know, are ruled by certain things. And like, everything's about that in a certain area. Well, the interesting thing about the Lord's Prayer is as Jesus was praying that and teaching us how to pray that, I don't think he was like begging God the Father up in heaven to send the kingdom. He was praying from a place of going, doesn't matter what all the bumper stickers say, this place belongs to God, it's his kingdom now. And it has arrived. And so I love that. I, uh, how many of you are documentary people? You love watching Netflix documentaries or whatever? Yeah, come on, my nerd friends, a little bit. Just kind of. But, you know, you want to know stuff. God bless you. I love that. Um, I get kind of nerded out when I study stuff. I really got into the Lord's Prayer. And I bought several books online. And I started studying about it. And it was really interesting to me because uh, a lot of people believe <clears throat> that Jesus maybe spoke in Greek and then it's translated the Bible we have today from Greek. It was then into Latin and then it came into English. But really, the reality is Jesus probably spoke in Hebrew. But most of the original documents that we have, uh, transcripts of Jesus's life, like the book of Matthew from a guy named Matthew who became a converted follower of Jesus. He wrote down all the pertinent stuff, the big sermons and the big events, the miracles. And we call that document Matthew. Well, there's an ancient document called Hebrew Matthew, where it's actually written in Hebrew, and it's probably closer to some of the meaning that Jesus actually meant when he spoke it in his native tongue. And uh, just for those of you who like to geek out on this stuff, Papias in the first century and Jerome, one of the church fathers in the fourth century, they referred to Matthew as written in Hebrew and then translated over to Greek. And so this document is called Hebrew Matthew. Okay, so I've gone really deep dive there. I'm going to pull back up. But one of the things that happens is when you read Hebrew Matthew and you get to the Lord's Prayer, instead of saying, your kingdom come, it's translated this way, your kingdom be blessed. And that's interesting. And here's why all that geek documentary stuff is important. Because Jesus was saying, hey, the kingdom has arrived. And so we're praying, Father, let your kingdom be blessed. Not let it come, but let it be blessed. It was a statement that more clearly defines and kind of more accurately describes Jesus's idea that, look, since I've gotten here, everywhere that we walk around everywhere now is this is God's kingdom. It doesn't belong to the devil, doesn't belong to Rome, doesn't even belong to Israel. This is God's kingdom. May your kingdom be blessed. And here's a couple places I'm going to show you in the Bible where Jesus actually reinforces this idea. So one is in Luke's gospel, it says this, one day the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected 
by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there, for the kingdom of God is already among you. And so Jesus was saying, come on, the plane has landed and things are getting off. Like, it, it's here. It is an arrival already. The other thing I began to pray, um, probably from my childhood, I think my mom and dad felt like this world was maybe a really evil place that we needed to pray against. And I don't know if you grew up in a, a home that had strong religious beliefs, but sometimes there can be like an aversion to certain things out in culture because they can taint things or whatever. And, and I don't know, but the Lord's Prayer is this. We aren't praying to escape from this world. We're praying for God to establish his kingdom in this world. It's a whole different mindset because we're not like, God, get us out of here, or God, please send your kingdom. We're praying, God, let your kingdom be blessed. Like wherever I go as your representative, let, let it be blessed. I love that. Well, here's, a, I'm gonna show you a couple other scriptures just to kind of reinforce this idea that the kingdom of God is right here and it's right now. And it's wherever you and I, and you go, man, I'm not even a, I'm a brand new Christian, or maybe you've been a long time Christian, can I tell you that when you pray the Lord's Prayer and you put just a little bit of faith in that, that God just shines on you and goes, oh man, come on, you're doing it. You're living the kingdom out. And you don't even have to be an expert or pro tip this or watch all the YouTube videos. You just pray and put your trust in God and he can actually shine in your life around you because his kingdom is in you. Here's the scriptures. They'll be on the screen for you. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee. He preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. In other words, things were about to change. Come on, that's great. Then he said this in Matthew chapter 16, I will give you, and he's talking to his disciples, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in, in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. In other words, Jesus was saying, look, it's not just me, it's every one of us here. And how we live here matters because we're representing the kingdom. And it's an important deal. Two more scriptures. Jesus was criticized because he was setting a, an addict free and somebody who had had some demonic stuff in, in their life. And he actually delivers them supernaturally with a prayer. And they criticized him. And he said this, if I am casting out demons by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. And he was saying, look, this is a sign that things change where I go. And then Paul, who was a late convert to Christianity, and he ends up having a great influence. He writes a lot of what's in your Bible. If you were to open it up, much of it's written by this guy named Paul. And this is kind of like some of the last written things in scripture about his life. It says, for the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. He welcomed all who visited him. He boldly proclaimed the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. And no one tried to stop him. This is what the message of the early church was. I'm gonna preach to you about who Jesus is and that he brought the kingdom of God and everything's changed. There's a revolution that's happening now. And it was a wonderful thing and I love that. And really in our lives, you gotta think about this. Your religious experience has got to be more than coming here on a Sunday, praying for God to bless you when you're really in trouble. It should be, I wanna know everything there is to know about Jesus Christ and I want God's kingdom to be established through my life. Our Father in heaven, 
Your name is holy. Your kingdom come in my life and let it be blessed here. And that's how we should pray that prayer. Is this helping anybody think about this a little bit different today? I'm gonna wait for everyone to say yes or no. (laughs) Your tribe has spoken. Okay, all right. When you uh, begin to pray this prayer, man, I'll tell you what happens is uh, things begin to change around you. You begin to see the kingdom of God. Jesus actually teaches about the kingdom of God a lot. And uh, if you're reading in your Bible, it'll say the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. Really the same thing uh, in, in what Jesus was talking about. So much of what he talked about was that he goes, it, it always starts really small, but it always has big impact in the end. So don't be scared if in your Christian journey, you go, man, it doesn't feel like a lot's changing. Oh, Jesus is changing stuff. Give it, a, give it another season of life and you watch. It's gonna, you give it another month, give it another year. Watch, it's gonna grow. So one of the great things that happened in our church is we had a guy named uh, Andrew Sampson come into church. He was a big guy, taller than me, six foot four, pretty heavy set guy. He looked kind of tough, had a lot of tattoos. He was wearing a red and black flannel, big gauge earrings. And he just looked like the kind of guy I was like, if I'm in trouble, I want you on my side. So Andrew comes into church, but he sits during the church service like this, just staring me down, angry face, you know, just giving me the look. And I'm like, wow, this is not going good. But I noticed him at the end of the uh, message, we go to pray with people. We just invited people and said, hey, if you would like to pray with us to start following Jesus in your life, we're going to pray with you. So we go to that moment and everybody's praying. They got their heads you know, bowed and their eyes are closed. And, and Andrew lifts his hand like, I want in on this prayer. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. He's not going to murder me probably. If he... So he raises his hand. We pray. Well, we do a thing like you guys do your next steps. We do it right after our service. And so I went in there to just see who was all in there. And Andrew's in line to start the connect class is what we call it. The first day he's been in church. And so I go up to him. I said, hey, man, good to have you here. And he just goes. (laughs) And I go, uh, I said, is this your first time here? He goes, I said, is everything okay? And he goes, no. And I'm thinking, this is how it ends for me. Like, I was scared. He goes, no, it's not. And I said, what's the, what's the matter? He said, I just went to the doctor this week, and I've been having some health issues. He's like 26 years old. He said, doctors told me I only have like 25% of my heart working, and I'm probably going to die within two years. And he goes, so I was talking to my sister about it, and she said I should probably come to church, so here I am. I said, it's awesome. And I said, and then you're in Connect class. He goes, you said anyone could come. I'm like, yes, yes, you can come. And so Andrew goes to the class, goes to all four of them. He ends up uh, getting baptized. He's currently an intern at our church for us right now. And his life began to change. And it was really incredible. So what I noticed, it's been a year and a month since he's been at our church. And then just about six weeks ago, he comes into church and he brought a friend, not a girlfriend, just this girl who's a friend of his, who was in a really dark spot in life. And he, he had told her, hey, I don't know about you, but I know that church really helped me. You need Jesus in your life. Come to church with me. She comes to church and she's sitting in church and she's, I don't know any of that backstory. She's like crying, almost visibly sobbing through the entire church service. When you're speaking and someone's weeping, you don't know how to take that. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. At the end of the service though, she prays and says, I need Jesus in my life and I wanna follow him. She gives her whole life and says, I'm gonna commit everything I have 
over to Jesus and starts to follow him. She signs up to get baptized. She goes to the Connect class. And two weeks ago, she was bringing friends to church. They were at need and she waits in line to say hi to me, shakes my hand vigorously, almost like a man, very strong. I was like, it hurts. She's like, thank you. Thank you for what you've done for me. And I'm like, go with my hand. God bless you. So it was awesome. Can I just say this? And here's one of the other things. It's a side note to the story is that Andrew actually got prayer and God healed his heart and his heart is getting better. Crazy kind of stuff that only God can do. Here's the thing. The kingdom of God is like that. It might start small and it always starts in the worst situations. Like God never, he didn't, Jesus didn't walk in to the planet for church people. He always comes in for people like me, people like Andrew, people like Andrew's friend. And I love that. And he starts with a little bit and it always begins to grow. And that's how we got to pray. God, let your kingdom be blessed here. Let the work begin and let it start in me. Uh, I want to just give you, I've got just a couple minutes left. I want to give you a little bit of kind of what God's shaped in me in praying this prayer in the, in the line that Jesus taught his disciples uh, right after your kingdom come, let your will be done. Let your will be done. I, I know for me, when I think about that, I think about like, God, I want your will to be done. And oftentimes I make that about me in the sense of like, I need to know what steps to take next for our church or whatever your career is. You know, God, should I, should I marry this person? Should I take those classes? Do I go on to get my master's degree? Do I move back home? Do I stay here? All of those things. If you're an adult and you're over 30 and you're praying, should I move back home? God's will is no, don't do that. It's in the Bible. Um, all the parents said amen. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. So here's the, here's the thing. We always make church and Jesus even and religion, we can tend to make it all about like what we want and what we need. And listen, sometimes we make our religious views more customizable than our Netflix homepage. And it's like, oh, well, if you like that, you would really like this. And listen, what, what, if, what if we just gave up on customizing our religious views and we said, God, whatever your views are, I'm just gonna adopt your homepage and let your preferences be in my life. So anyway, I just know that I tend to pray that, Lord, let your will be done. Like, God, show me which way to go. That's not bad to pray, by the way. But I just think that Jesus thinks at such a higher level and that he's actually more interested in something bigger than what you're personally going through right now. I think what Jesus is interested in when it comes to your will be done, he's talking about God's major arc in the, in the history of mankind. Like he's thinking big, big picture, long shot, playing the long game. And your will be done. When we pray that prayer, you got to think, what would God be wanting and willing for life? I think that this is the answer. I think that God is wanting and his will is that every single person from every nationality, every race, every background, he wants them all to come to know him. Like that's his will. Listen, I can only speak from my experience, but I can tell you this. There's a weird arrogance that happens for some people like me sometimes. We can get to think that Jesus is just like us. Jesus isn't white. Jesus isn't like just a Democrat or Republican. Like we, we always wanna, he's big. He, he wants all humanity to come to him. 
And, and here's, here's some of the ways I see that in Scripture. The very beginning of creation, when God makes the planet, he says to the very first humans, multiply and fill the whole earth. And he wanted them to spread out and touch everything. By the way, the first humans were multicolored as well, and which is a beautiful thing. Abraham uh, comes on the scene and God singles him out and actually speaks to Abraham. And he says, I'm gonna bless every nation on this planet through your life and your descendants. It was God's will. It was always God's plan. Then it goes to the prophets in scripture. The prophets are always seeing into the future and speaking on God's behalf. And, and so many of them, Ezekiel and Isaiah and others had this vision of like the mountain of God. And they said, this is like God's kingdom and he's here and all of the nations are flowing like a river up to get to where God's at. And they all came to him the same way. I love that kind of picture. And even Jesus, Jesus does this crazy thing. Jesus knew how to draw a crowd and he could scatter a crowd. He, he gets into this Jewish church service and he goes up, they invite him to teach. He says, hand me the scroll, unrolls it to the place where Isaiah the prophet is. He reads this great, really famous promise about how, when, how God was gonna touch people's lives, rolls it back up and he sits down. He goes, this has been all fulfilled today in your presence. And people are like, Jesus, you're amazing guest speaker. Can we have him back? He was good. And, uh, and then they were like, maybe you could do some miracles for us. And Jesus goes, I know what you're thinking. And this is where Jesus like wipes the crowd out. He says, you're thinking that you want to quote to me this old proverb that says, physician, heal yourself, meaning that you want me to do miracles for you people and not for the ones that aren't Jewish. And then he begins to quote some of their history to him. He tells two stories about in the olden days of Israel, where God did a miracle and healed Naaman, who was from Syria. And Jesus has the audacity to say, oh, there was a lot of Jewish people that God could have healed, but he decided to heal a foreigner. He tells another story like that to prove the point that God was not interested in one nation or one kind of people. And it says that the people stood up and they wanted to throw stones at him until he was dead. And Jesus has to do like a Jedi trick to get out of there. That's in the Bible, except, except for the word Jedi, but that, the rest of it's true. The point is this, that Jesus was always going from town to town and reaching out to people who were never the usual suspects. And so when we're praying for the will of God, you gotta have this mindset that goes, the people that I think I despise or I disagree with, or I just don't think they're as good as me, can I tell you, you got to get rid of that arrogance and you are not praying according to God's will. God's will is for all people to come to him. Might be poor people for you or rich people. You might have a, a thing against, I don't know, but God wants to change all of that in us. Man, I, I, I love what Jesus has done. When I think about walking in the kingdom of heaven, I want to show you one quick little video. There's no sound, but I think of it as like that I've got this like hula hoop of light that goes around me, like on ESPN. And I, I feel like, like when, when you're praying, God, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. You're like one of these cats right here. And it's like God's spotlight is around you. And just everywhere you go, the kingdom of God goes with you because it's inside of you. And so you got this like hula hoop bubble. You're like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> Did the kingdom of God get in your way? Because <laughs> Jesus is with me. Listen, <laughs> I'm, we're staying just in, uh, at the, a hotel real close here. 
and I had to get gas. And so I, I Google it because I don't know anything around here. And it sends me to across the river to an Astro gas station, <laughs> which is fun to say. And uh, I, so I drive over there right next to a 7-Eleven. And man, I don't know if it's the area or, or what, but there was this, there's people on drugs walking around and it was really obvious, kind of freaking out. Some are really mellow and doing whatever. One lady was drunk and trying to pawn off her beers that were unopened, yelling at the gas station attendant said it was just kind of crazy. And I just remember feeling like this area is not good. Then I remembered, oh no, no, they don't control this area. This area belongs to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has arrived here and I'm here and I got a hula hoop bubble around me. And I was like, God, you can change all these people's lives because your kingdom came for people like them and like me and everybody else. And I was, just had this new view. I'm telling you, when you begin to pray, the Lord's prayer can affect how you pray for your neighbors and how you view your life and all of that. And that's what I, I wanna see for you. I, I wanna pray with you here as I close. Um, but can I just show you one other quote from Jesus? Just say yes, please. Okay, I'm gonna show you one other quote. I think it's on screen. Jesus replied. Do we have that? Yeah. Jesus replied. He's having a conversation with a dude. He says, I tell you the truth. Unless you're born again or have an entirely new fresh start, you cannot see the kingdom of God. The guy says, what do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter into the kingdom of God without being born of water. In other words, having a natural childbirth and also being born of the Spirit of God. Humans can reproduce human life, but only, or excuse me, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. And what Jesus was saying is the way to even start by getting in the kingdom of God is the Spirit of God has to initiate that inside of you. And it's so profound when that happens that people have described it for hundreds and thousands of years. Like, I feel like I got such a fresh new start, like, like, uh, Andrew Sampson, like Matt Moult, I would describe it as like, it was like being born all over again, got this brand new start in life. Because that's what Jesus does when he comes into our life. That's how the kingdom starts in us. Okay, we're going to pray together. I want you to just um, close your eyes if you would. And because I'm, I'm going to ask a question that I'd like to be private for individuals that are here today. I don't know why you came to church. Uh, I'm really glad I got to come today. I met some really cool people. I'm glad I got to come to Eugene, see the Duck Stadium and walk around and be a part of this. But I actually have a feeling that maybe you came to church, some of you, because you might've felt like you're on the outside and like God just maybe doesn't even have room for you and you were just gonna go to church to prove it even. And I'm telling you, listen, you're exactly the kind of person that Jesus came after. He wants all of us. And if you go, man, I would like to have Jesus start his kingdom in me. I need the spirit of God to change me. I'm gonna pray with you in just a moment. And the way it starts is by really giving up all your trust that you have in yourself and putting all of that trust in the person of Jesus and trusting him. You don't have to know everything about him, but you gotta know enough to go, I'm gonna trust Jesus and get to know him. And that kind of faith, God really responds to. And so with everybody's eyes closed, if 
I'm going to pray with people who want to start that journey today. And if you came into this movie theater today and you go, man, pastor, I want in on that prayer. Here's what I'm going to do. You're going to stay where you're at. I'm going to stay where I'm at. But in just a second, I'm going to ask you to raise a hand so I know who I'm praying with. When we pray this prayer, Jesus is going to step into your life and it's going to change things for you. And it's going to be the beginning of a great journey. So if you want in on this prayer, everybody's eyes are closed and it's just your moment. Just stick your hand up really high so I can see it and I know who I'm praying with. That's awesome, my friends. It's awesome. So great. So awesome. Man, I can't even think of cool enough words. I'm a professional speaker and I can't, like this is great. You can put your hands down, but keep your hand up in your heart if you know what I'm saying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a prayer and I'm gonna ask the whole church, whether you raise your hand or not, to just say it back with me. And this is gonna be how you start having Jesus be in your life. Like you're gonna leave at the end of this prayer and go, I am a Christian. I don't know what it all means. I'm brand new, but I'm a Christ follower. So say this prayer with me. Everybody say it out loud. Don't whisper this. Jesus, I come to you in prayer. I surrender to you. I wanna do it your way, your kingdom, your will in my life. Would you just forgive me for every mistake I've ever made and help me from today forward. I receive you. I welcome you in my life. And I'm gonna get to know you from this day forward. Come on, in Jesus' name, amen.